You're listening to Marketplace Ministry, a podcast dedicated to helping small, local-based businesses to grow their influence online and in their communities. On this show, we'll talk about business through a biblical lens. Subscribe to never miss an episode. Now, let's get into the show. This is the Marketplace Ministry podcast. This podcast is designed to help the small local business owner to be encouraged in the marketplace and to do ministry in the marketplace. Because, you know, we believe that business is a calling of God. And when it's done well, it is an act of worship and brings glory to God. I'm Jason Smith, and with me today is my business partner, Justin Jeffcoat. Justin. Yes, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So what type of people should be listening to this show? I think the type of people that should be listening to this show are business, small business owners with about 20, 20 employees or less that need answers as far as marketing to bring in more customers or just wanting to make more money to their company. And I think that listening to this, it, they could find a lot of techniques or strategies or even a good testimony to find that answer. When it comes to doing business, sometimes when you're a small business owner, you feel like it's a lonely place. I can I can attest to that because back in 2007, I was inspired to start my first business. I was only 25 years old, Justin, and I had no idea what I was going to be doing. I didn't have any background in business. I didn't know anything about running a business. But, you know, Pastor Marty was preaching a sermon from the pulpit, and she said that God was going to inspire people in our congregation to start mm-hmm. businesses. And that just really ministered to my spirit, and I was like, that's going to be me. Eventually, I found the most unusual business opportunity that is available. But uh, if you want to know my background and why I even took that position, which I'm going to tell you about in just a second, I want to create a little bit of suspense with this. Um, I was a veterinary technician in the United States Army. Really? Yes, sir. So when I... When I was coming out of the military, I was looking for something that I knew how to do. And since I knew about animals, I was naturally attracted to animal businesses. I find myself on the entrepreneur.com website, and I'm searching for business startup ideas. And before you know it, I'm looking at the top of the page where it's for animal businesses, and it says at the top of the page, you could be a professional pooper scooper. (laughs) Amen. My jaw hit the floor. I am not kidding you. I was like, why didn't I think of this? Now, as a vet tech, I was fully aware that um, there were diseases that were shed in the feces of animals. And now, you know, today, in today's world, everybody is concerned about public health. Oh, yeah. And so they're, they're, they're doing all they can to keep their hands clean. But let me tell you, if you've got dog waste in your backyard and you're not cleaning it up and you're letting your dogs run around out there... They're bringing that stuff in. We're talking about salmonella. We're talking about E. coli. Heck, they even have a type of coronavirus, not the one that causes the novel coronavirus that everybody has been concerned about for years, but they even have that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, I mean, just, just saying, there's a huge risk in not cleaning up after your pets. And so I knew that. I was like, I'm going to go out and help some people. So... I was very proud to start the very first pooper scooper service in Hardin County, Kentucky, and I ran it for about 12 years. I had customers in the six counties surrounding Hardin County, and uh, I was driving all over just cleaning up and helping people. And it was a way of serving people and ministering to them by serving them in a way that most people wouldn't. Yeah. 
Yeah. There's no small jobs. There's none. Mm-hmm. Every job's important. And cleaning up after the dogs is an important job, whether you do it yourself or you hire a service to do it. It's something that needs to be done. But something happened to me around the 12-year mark where I just didn't feel like the business was growing the way I wanted it to. You had a bigger vision. I had a much bigger vision, and it, it just did not come to fruition the way I had expected. And I think part of that reason is, like we talked about at the beginning, is that I ran my business as an island. I was a solopreneur. I had no team, and I was responsible for everything. Wow. When you're the chief everything officer, you feel your business a whole lot different than when you're just an owner or a stakeholder. (laughs) And so having a small family, I have like three sons and my wife, and I was just like, man, this business is not doing what I expected it to do. I must have failed. I really did. I felt like a failure. And, you know, that's one of the biggest, one of the biggest problems that entrepreneurs face is the fear of failure. Mm -hmm. That's my story. What's your story? Wow. Uh, My story takes me all the way back to 2014 when I was just let go from Black & Decker. Uh, Worked mostly factory jobs my whole life. And I was sitting downstairs in Shelbyville, Kentucky in my basement. And actually depressed, thinking, oh my gosh, where am I going to do? What am I do? And I was on Indeed, and I was just scrolling. <laughs> and I found this job called Improve It, Home Remodeling, and I was reading descriptions, marketing, hiring, marketing representatives, setting appointments. I'm like, what? I can do that. <laughs> I, I but not knowing what really went into it. And so I called, and it connected me to the Cincinnati market. I'm like, well, oh, oh, let, let me give you the Louisville market in Simpsonville, Kentucky. And I called him. He's like, well, can you get here in 30 minutes? 30 minutes? Oh, my gosh. And then I ran out of the house, locked my door. Keys were inside. Didn't know what to do. So I literally had to run down the road to my neighbor's house to borrow their car just to get to this interview. Wow. Yeah. And then met there. His name was Andrew. Got the job. And basically the job was... We marketed windows and bathrooms, went door-to-door, setting appointments. And I thought, like, wow, what is this? I was At first, I was like, I had no skill trait. What am I going to do? Oh, my gosh. This is going to be a mess because I was not <laughs> – let's call spade a spade. I was not very good. Not at all. I was nervous. <laughs> I'm not going to do it to stare at the person. But as time went on – I sat in a prayer a lot and just wondering, is this what I'm meant to be? I said, God, if this is who I'm meant to be and the skill trait that you want me to do, help me, please, because I don't know what to do. I'm not doing good, and I'm on the verge of getting fired. January into 2015 came, and I was on the precipice of this is do or die. The last week, you're, you're not going to make it. And this, this guy came in. His name was Albert Zito, and he went into the field one day with me. And for some reason, he was attached like, this kid has a special skill trait. I'm going to take him under my wing. And he did. And I would come in early, three, two to three hours early, and stay two to three hours late after shift, beginning of shift, to learn the skill trait of how to talk to people, how to rebuttal, what to say. And then it started to click. I started to learn how to talk to people. I became 
yes, we had a script and what we were doing, but I learned to make that script me because mm. what I was doing, I was focused on trying to make it someone else's thing or th watch that person. What they're doing. I was trying to be everybody else, but what I needed to do is be the first me. Yes, absolutely. That is good. And, and then I started to become my own. And then we started, then I started to win marketer of the week. The very, I was the company's very first marketer of the week. And then I became six-time marketer of the month. Then in 2015, out of four silos, I was blessed and won out of 60, 62 marketers out of four silos, I won marketer of the year, 2015. So then they decided to promote me to team leader. And then I began to manage a team and learn what that was a whole new world. And then my, Al Zito said, I'm going to Cincinnati. I want you to go with me. What? I've never moved anywhere. What am I going to do? <laughs> and so he took me with him, and I stayed in a hotel in Cincinnati for six months, Monday through Friday. I was only home two days a week. It put a lot of stress on our marriage, yeah. a lot, to the point where we almost divorced. Not a lot of people know that, but Janie and I, my wife, almost we almost divorced. But through God and the faith, and this at this point, I wasn't even really saved yet. I didn't knew God, but I didn't know God. Mm, and But yeah. still, he had a plan for me. And I didn't know what that was, but I stuck with it. And then we moved. And then eventually I was, you know, became successful at being a team leader. Then I became a market manager. And through that, me and Zito were able to break the revenue point for Canvas, the most sales since 1997 in that Cincinnati office, which was impressive and never been done, which was a lot of work. So I, I learned how to manage a team, took the team that really no one wanted, kind of like the old Oakland Raiders, and took them and made them into, or through God's work, made the help make them into champions. It was like a team of underdogs, right? Correct. We were underdogs. Wow. Everybody out of the four silos, we were the most laughed at because we took a, people that no one wanted, no one would even hire, and turned them into champions and helped them bonus. Wow. And they even thanked us in the end. And then through the time, budget became too much for Canvas, and then they started shutting down each silo for Canvas, and we were the last one. And then they's like, oh, then we're going to go into infield, which is showing events. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a new field. I feel like I'm starting back to square one. And Zito's like, you can do this. Just stick with me, kid, he always said. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> so I went, and this time I'm in the stores, the Walmarts, uh, shows. I'm like, whoa, I'm not knocking on doors. People are coming to me. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> but God says, I got something planned for you. But I really didn't know what that plan was, and I didn't know who was talking to me because all I heard was a voice. But I, like I said, I didn't know God. And then I became manager of doing that. And but then, 2019 hit, and as we were being, you know, being successful and everything, God called me back to Radcliffe, Kentucky. Be, why? Because my dad was getting sick, and to make the long story short, I moved back because he was getting dementia, so I had to leave and prove it of six years. Didn't know what to do, but a former employee there contacted me and said, I want you to be the show and events manager at Bath Fitter. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and then I be came back to uh, Radcliffe, started doing that, and took the team to a whole new level. I started making scripts because they didn't have a script or anything. So we started putting that into it. Not the oh, my old company's style, but the company that fit me because I learned how to make the the script fit them, yeah, and that's yeah. I took that and implemented that. And then, because the biggest thing I had to learn was correction. 
and as I spoke to you about it, Jason, correction, if people don't understand or like correction, how can they grow? That's true. You know, whenever, whenever we're corrected, there is an instinct in t- inside of us to want to buck the system. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't like it. Correction isn't comfortable. But, you know, there's something we're going to be talking about throughout this show, and that's you got to get comfortable yeah. being uncomfortable. That is, that is probably one of the most significant things you need to do, especially if you're in business. To be an entrepreneur, the very meaning of that word means to be one who takes a risk. And if you are risk averse, when you take that leap, you're going to be very uncomfortable. You have to be willing to take a risk. So, yeah, correction, there's going to, that's going to make you uncomfortable. Absolutely. Exactly. And that's what we did. And we implemented that. And because you got to get comfortable with the uncomfortable too, as well. Mm-hmm. And then we implemented that and we'd be, be able to came, you know, successful. And then COVID hit. <laughs> <laughs> COVID. Oh, good old COVID. And every, the everything that was going was turned upside down. And so I had to evolve. But the most beautiful thing about COVID is I was introduced Christ was always there. My king, our king was always there. And God put his hand out and said, trust me. Amen. And I grabbed on and has not looked back. And then October 4th, 2020, my wife and I got baptized, which is the most beautiful thing. And when we went down, when I went down in the water, God spoke to me and said, trust me. That's awesome. And didn't know exactly what that meant, but we really don't ever know what God means until he puts it in front of us. Right? So... That's what I did, and then eventually, due to the budget and the marketing, they let go of every marketing manager and bathfitter due to the budget, and I was one of the last ones to have that. But then God spoke to me, and there was a plan, a goal that he wanted to put in front of me. So I, we were at prayer, and I was introduced to Jason, knew of him, but I didn't talk to him really. But I said, hi, he seemed like a really cool guy, and then Sunday— uh, I was introduced to a lady, and she was like, don't you don't you know Jason? Because she's asked me what I did for a career, and I was telling her I'm marketing and everything like that. And she goes, oh, how do you know Jason? Jason, oh, he's an entrepreneur. You, you, you two would be great together. I'm like, shut the front door. <laughs> so I went to Jason. I was like, I've been having this dream to help people. We'll be right back after a brief message from our sponsor. Let's help people. Let's get over the virus, not under the virus. Yep. And we met at the mall about, what do you say, a month or two months ago? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we sat down and really had no plan, but we knew God was obviously wanting us to be together and to implement something to help other people to, to get over and not under it. So now this dream is becoming a reality, and now our goal is to help everyone small business owners to to have marketing strategies to to help them get over the virus not under it as i keep saying uh to help them conquer it and learn more about making more revenue that that we've implemented in our careers and we're going to be able to teach you that and uh, be a helping hand if 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 we may absolutely the whole goal of this podcast and what we're putting together is to help small local business owners to get over the problems that they're facing. We want to come alongside you. We want to teach you. We want Mm -hmm. to partner with you. We want to help you in whatever issues you have. 
And we've all been affected by COVID. COVID has been a great reset button for many people. Uh, It was a blessing to be let go of my job because I mentioned I was doing business for 12 years and then I went back into the workforce. Let me just first say this. If you're listening to this show and you're an entrepreneur and you've been running a business for a long time, you're highly invested in it, there is absolutely no shame in going back to the workforce and getting a job. There's no shame in that. As an entrepreneur, you've learned valuable skills that you bring to the marketplace. You are a valuable asset. There is no reason why uh, you wouldn't be hired somewhere. So I, I want you to feel like there's no shame in doing that. But I was let go from that job because of COVID. And as a result, my, my entrepreneur spirit has been fired up again. And that's why we're here. We're here to come alongside you. It starts with not focusing on the problem. Mm -hmm. If you focus on the problem, it's only going to get bigger and it's going to get worse. Um, For example, I think of Peter and Mm -hmm. the disciples when they were in the boat and they, there was a storm all around them and the waves were crashing and Jesus was seen. (laughs) He He was walking on the water. Wow. And when they recognized that it was him, Peter first stood up and he's like, Lord, if that's you, call me out of this boat and I'll come walk to you. And Jesus said, yeah, come on, let's go. Peter got out and he actually walked on water. Everybody always says that Jesus was the only person that walked on water, but Peter, the Bible says, also walked on water. He did. Amen. He did. But then he got a look at the waves that were crashing around him. And when that, that stimulus started to come into his brain and his mind and he started to see the natural around him, physics took over and he began to sink. Mm. How often do we do that? We take our eyes off Jesus, we take our eyes and put it on the problem, and then we start to find ourselves sinking. But you know what the beautiful part of that story is? That even though Peter was frightened and he started to sink, he had the wherewithal to cry out and say, Jesus, save me. So even though he faltered, he cried out to Jesus and Jesus rescued him. Wow. So maybe this COVID thing that you're dealing with, it's got you drowning. And Jesus just wants you to cry out to him. If you put your trust in Jesus, can you only imagine what he'll do for your business? Amen. You were called to business. I also think about David. Mm. So David was just a shepherd boy, right? And he was out in the field. He was doing his business. His dad says, hey, I need you to take some sandwiches to your brothers. They're out in the field. They're battling. Can you go get them some food? He's like, all right. And so he goes. When he gets out there, he approaches the battle where there's this Philistine champion, Goliath. A giant in his eyes, nine foot tall. He's just this little old thing. And David's like, who is this Philistine that's coming against the army of God? Right? Who is coming against the Lord God? So he said, I'm going to go fight this guy. You're just a shepherd. But he went and did it anyway. Saul, originally the king at that time, came up to him and said, hey, 
Um, here's some armor. We want you, want you to wear this just to keep you safe and protect you because this guy is huge and he's going to crush you if you don't wear it. And he puts it on, he walks around, and it's heavy, it's awkward, it doesn't fit him, it's just, he's not used to it. And he's like, I can't wear this. I'm not used to these clothes. Let me go out and do this my way. And they're still like, what are you talking about? But David assured him, look, look, man, I fought the lion. I fought the bear. See, David was relying on his past victories when he went to fight Goliath. He wasn't focused on the problem. He was focused on who he was and where he came from. Agreed. Yep. So he went out there full of confidence in the Lord, and he slayed the giant. What giant are you facing in your life right now? What past victories are on your champion belt that you can pull from? Because you've won. There's, there are victories that you have. You have done some amazing things as a business owner. Can you draw from those things and encourage yourself in the Lord? Can you encourage yourself in your business? I think you can. I know they can. We yeah. all can. Before we close out this episode today, I just want to tell you a brief story about what happened this week to me. We've been trying to get the first episode of this podcast recorded <laughs> for quite some time. And I've already got some great interviews lined up for you guys that I think are really going to be powerful Ooh. and encouraging to you. I've got Allison Bredo. She's going to come on and talk to us about habits. I've got Stacy Bonet. She is an evangelist and the host of the Faith Worth Following podcast. She's going to be on here to talk about having faith for your business. And I've also talked to a missionary in Peru, Aaron Epstein, and he's going to oh, come on and he's going to talk about how to do ministry in the marketplace. So you guys are going to want to subscribe in order to hear these stories as they play out. But the first episode, it was a challenge. I knew what I wanted to talk about, but it just the words weren't coming. It wasn't coming. It was it was hard. And so I was in a clubhouse room earlier this week and I was hosting it for my pastor and I said, "You know what? This is what I'm struggling with." And I just want to put that out there. And the encouragement that came out of that room, oh my gosh, it was power. There was something that he said that really stuck out to me. He said, God does not call the equipped. He equips the called. Gives you chills. It's fire. I mean, when you look at Moses, God called Moses. But he's like, are you serious? I can't speak. I stutter all the time. I, I, I can't do this. And God, instead of focusing on the excuses that Moses offered up, he gave him a solution and said, hey, I'll speak for you. He's like, I, I can't do it, Lord. He's like, I'll have your brother Aaron speak for you. Either way, my word's going to get preached. Either way, you're going to do this. Mm -hmm. When you take that burning bush experience and then you see where God took him from there, God equipped him in the process. And so, yeah. We were nervous. I was nervous. Mm, I don't know very. why I was nervous. In a way, it kind of feels like getting married. Do you remember that feeling when you, you were excited that you were getting married? You remember that? I do. I was so nervous and sweating. And uh, the, the vows that I were holding that I was going to say to Janie, I was, the paper got wet because I was so nervous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, you knew the moment that you proposed that this was the woman for you and that you were going to get married. You knew that. 
But then the week of, like the day before, what happens? You get cold feet, right? Yeah. You start you start doubting yourself. You're like, did I make the right choice? Is this... Am I going to be a good husband? Am I going to give her everything she deserves? All those thoughts of, that the enemy puts in there just flourish and try to overtake him. And that's where we call to God and he puts that barrier up and it stops and the enemy flees and, and just runs out because Jesus is that champion in your corner that says, no, 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 I got this. And there's nothing that you can do. Yeah. Every, Jesus has your back. Yeah. So we've all, we've all gotten cold feet once or twice. Mm-hmm. And God showed me that that's exactly what I was feeling about this first episode was, you know what? You're getting cold feet, but I called you to do this. So do it. You're going to do it. And another teaching that I had heard, and this will probably be the last point before we close, is that if it's not flowing, then it's not of God. And so I think I got to the point where I have 40 episodes all planned out but these are what I want to do. Mm. The big question is, what does God want to do? You have to make room. You have to allow God to operate in your life. Mm-hmm. And exactly, that's what you got to do. Just because we get so many times in life, and it's happened to me multiple times, Jason. That it's what I want to do. It's what I want to do. Just like I had a car situation about a month ago. Uh, my Equinox the uh, timing chain was breaking and it finally started and I thought that I could get it to the, the, you know, the mechanic. But God talked to me and said, don't do it. Something will happen. And I listened to God and thanks to me listening, I had it towed there and when the mechanic took everything off, he goes, oh, this was to shreds. He goes, you would have, you could have crashed, you could have done this. And I almost listened to the flesh, and if I would have listened to the flesh, I may have not been here right now. I could have been in a bad accident. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But so many times we get faced with that listening to the flesh that we think we could do it, but the reality is we need to listen to God and stop listening to what the flesh tells us because it comes up all the time. Amen. All right. Well, that's it for episode one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, Join us again next week. Uh, for episode two. I hope you enjoyed this. Make sure you go over and subscribe, leave us a review. And if you are listening to this on the Anchor app, you can actually talk to us. In Anchor, just click over to our podcast, choose the microphone, and you can send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Um, And then uh, you could be featured on a future show. So thank you for listening today. Thank you, everyone. We just call you to go forward and prosper in your business and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. Call you blessed. Amen. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you're on Clubhouse, connect with us there for live Q&As about the show. We'll have all the details in the show notes. Leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode if it helped you and encouraged you. Thanks for listening. Continue to seek God first and serve his people well, and your business will prosper in Jesus' name.